Hi, we here at Grace Life would love to help you discover Jesus' unconditional love and grace for you. We pray that this message will be a blessing to you and further establish you in the truth of God's Word. Amen. Thank you, uh, thank you, Henry. Thank you to the team. Thank you to the worship team. And um, yeah, thank you to, to each and every one of you. And uh, thank you to the dads. Um, and uh, awesome to obviously know that there's, a, there's an ultimate father. Uh, so whatever your encounter is with Father or Father's Day, um, let that be challenged today, whether it's good or bad, um, because I really believe that today the message will, will impact you um, so you can have the best Father's Day ever. Because, you know, sometimes these days are, are bringing up emotions. Um, maybe you don't have a great experience, or maybe you're in hurt, or maybe you've lost a father. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, we don't want to be insensitive but uh, I think on Father's Day, we have to um, almost speak about God and the Father heart of God. And, uh, and, and what we're busy with since the beginning of the year really is um, the, the Spirit as a theme, the Holy Spirit. And um, I was like, how do we bring this to, to fatherhood? And then obviously, it's the spirit of adoption. It's the spirit of uh, crying out in our hearts, Abba, Father. Uh, and I really believe and I hope that today the message will give you hope. Uh, hope to, to a restored uh, trust in, in God, a restored trust in, um, in, in the concept of fathering. And then, I mean, we cannot change anyone but ourselves. Oh, sorry. <laughs> we cannot change anyone but ourselves, but we can change ourselves and we can grow in that. So we, you can be a father. It doesn't have to be biological. Uh, you can be a father even if you're a mother because um, the, the word orphanos, is uh, where we get orphaned, but it's really in the Bible, in the biblical sense, it's uh, God is a father to the fatherless. And that's really his heart, and it's been his heart all along. So um, there's a special place, obviously, for mothers. I mean, mothers, without you, the world would be falling apart, and, and, and no less this country. Uh, I mean, this country would be down the gutters if it wasn't for mothers and grandmothers and, 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 and women. Um, but God has a specific role, and, 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 and he wants to fulfill that role in your heart, in your view, and therefore, I believe he wants to enable us all, ladies and gentlemen, um, to, 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 to copy him. Paul says, follow me. Um, the, the better translation there is, imitate me. Because if we have a following, then we think we need to get somewhere. But Hebrews 13.5, God says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. So yes, Jesus is the ultimate leader, but he's leading from within. He's not leading from, from up front. He's not leading, he's not pulling you somewhere, he's more whispering in your ear saying, hey, let's go there, let's do this, let's, let, let's do this. Because if we have that follower mentality, then we have a separation mentality. And we know that the Holy Spirit is close, the Holy Spirit is near, the Holy Spirit is in us. And that's what we're really all um, about, is, is discovering that. So we're looking at the spirit, the spirit of adoption, um, and really what God's intention was with that. And, and Jesus says in John 16, he says, it's better that I go away because then I'll send you the comforter. And I want to I just challenge your view on that a bit this morning. But before we get there, let's start in John 14. See, I brought my, my Father's Day gift to church this morning. I got a brand new, fresh Bible from my, from my wife for Father's Day. Um, I, I, I cherish it. I smell it. I, I'm so excited. There's no notes in here. God's going to speak to me afresh. So I'm carrying it like a prize. So um, this is the old one. That's full of notes. And that I will never hopefully leave 
But, you know, there's some Bibles, I've given away a very nice Bible. I just felt God say, you need to give it away. And I'm like, but this Bible, this is my Bible school Bible. This one I won't give away, even if God says so. No, I'm joking. <laughs> but this is, I know exactly what page, where I've taped it and all of that. And then I said, maybe, maybe it's time for a fresh Bible. Um, because you know what? We need to, to be open to God's new. Not, God is not new, but His mercies on you every day. His, his revelation is what is already there. Revelation is nothing new. It's new to you. Amen? Grace is not new. Grace is, 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 is God promised grace to Abraham. We looked at that last week. Grace is nothing new. The, the, the gospel is, is not new. For us, it's new. Maybe there's a grace revolution. There's a movement around the world currently because people had enough of religion. Amen? But, I mean, there's been a grace revolution since Jesus rose from the grave. Since the Holy Spirit's been poured out. And if you, if you read the Bible correctly, I believe you'll see it's even before that. There's always been a remnant, a remnant, and the, that remnant believed in the promise. But then John 14, 12, if you actually read from John 12 to, to John 18, basically, it's, it's, it's such a condensed period of time where Jesus is going towards the cross and He's preparing more than Himself, He's preparing His disciples. He's preparing them for, for a crisis, if you will. But John 14, 12, He says, Verily, verily, or truly, truly, I say unto you, He that believes on Me, the works that I do, shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because... I go to my Father. Now, I mean, that's been a challenging statement since the first time I read that. Because we're not there yet, are we? But we, we, we should challenge what we think. It's not greater miracles. There's no greater miracle, I believe, than raising the dead. Jesus did that. But how can you do a greater miracle than raising the dead? You can get someone eternally born again. So Jesus raised Lazarus, and basically, if you look at it, Lazarus, the miracle of, of raising Lazarus from the death, was the, that was the final nail in the coffin for Jesus. After that, the Pharisee says, well, we're going to kill him again, and we're going to make sure Lazarus is double dead, and we're going to kill Jesus with him. Because that was too much. Because why? The world is afraid to die. Anyone realize that? The fear of death. If we overcome the fear of death, we live free men and women. If we are not afraid to die, we live free. And in war, you need to realize that you're already dead. That's the only way you'll make a difference. I don't know about you, but highlight Galatians 2, verse 20 and 21, which says, I'm already dead. I'm crucified with Christ. Yet I live, but not I, but the grace of God or Christ in me. So if we have that mentality, then we won't be comfortable as Christians. We will be soldiers. We will mature. And Paul writes to Timothy, he writes a specific letter to a leader. And before that, he basically says, there's no one like Timothy. So when we read Timothy, we must sort of see, how do we become like Timothy? And, and, and there's not a lot of Christians who, who was like Timothy. In Paul's day, there was none, except Timothy. So when we read the, the letters to Timothy, it's for mature believers. So if we want to grow in our maturity, we should go to those letters and we will say, okay, how do I grow? Often we read the Bible and we say, okay, what do I get? I want us to change that mentality because we're not spectators and receivers. We are partakers. We are imitating the Father and we want to do greater miracles than what He did. Amen? Than what Christ did. So verse 16 says, And I will pray the Father and He shall give you another comforter, the King James says, that He may abide with you forever. He will give you another helper. The word there is parakletos. Okay. I'll give you another helper. I'll give you another spirit. I'll give you another savior, some of the translations say. Verse 18 says, I will not leave you comfortless. 
I will come to you. Now, New King James says, I will not leave you orphans. Much better translation. You see, that's why someone asked me which translation is right. I said, none of them. Okay. So you get good translations and you get better translations and you get horrible translations of the Bible. So make sure that you get a good one. And uh, it's not the one that reads the easiest. That's comfortable. We're not called to be comfortable. We're called to mature. The Greek word is orphanos, like I said previously. The Greek word is there. I'm going to send you the comforter. I'm going to send you the helper. I'm going to send you the parakletos because I don't want to leave you orphanos. I don't want to leave you orphaned. You can see where the King James got caught up. I'm going to send you a comforter because I don't want to leave you without comfort. But our word for comfort and our understanding of comfort is very different than when the King James Bible was translated. When the King James Bible was translated, they didn't have air conditioning. They didn't have ready-made meals. They didn't have drive-thrus. They didn't have internet. So we have to, to, to interpret then the translation differently. So Orphanos is much better. So as Jesus says, I'm going to send you the Spirit because I don't want to leave you fatherless. You see where we're going. I don't want to leave you orphaned. So your identity, where do you get your identity? You get it from your father. You get it, where do you get your name, your surname? I know there's a whole movement where people don't want the father's name or they change the name or the ladies don't want it anymore. You get your identity from your father. Jesus wasn't the son of Mary. He was the son of God. Okay, why? Mary was his mother. But God was his father. That's why he was born without sin because he wasn't of the lineage of Adam. He was born of the lineage of God. He is the son of God. It doesn't say he's the son of God and the son of Mary. I'm not taking away from what Mary did. Mary was an amazing woman of faith, but that didn't give Jesus his identity. That fulfilled a prophecy that he would be born from a virgin. Okay? And she still had a choice, by the way. But that's a different message. I won't leave you fatherless. I won't leave you orphaned. I won't leave you orphanos. So verse 26 then says, But the comforter, again the parakletos, the helper, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send... In my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remember whatsoever I have said to you. In John 16, Jesus says something very interesting. He says, there's so much more I want to tell you right now, but you cannot bear it right now. You cannot understand it. It will not make sense. Why? Because the Holy Spirit has not yet been given. So what I think as a church that we're missing out on is we don't realize, and I'm not saying just us, I'm, I'm saying church, capital C, is we don't realize how spiritual we are. And we're trying to be spiritual. We're trying to have charismatic events or moments. We're trying to tap into the spiritual realm where we are spiritual because we're born again. We're born from above. We're born spiritual. And last week I shared a little bit on where the, 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 the law of Moses fits in. And in the Afrikaans service it actually came to my realization. And I want to share it with you very quickly. Is The law of Moses was for the flesh. It was for the body. According to Thessalonians, we have three parts. What are those three parts? Spirit, soul, body. The Pharisees think they're it. Nah? They don't break any of the law where? In the flesh, in the body. Jesus looks at them and he says, oh, interesting. What do you think? What do you think on? He says, if you hate a brother, you're a murderer. If you just look at a woman, not if you touch the woman, if you look at the woman... That's not your wife. You're an adulterer. So what does he do? 
He restores the law of Moses to the soulish realm. They thought it's fleshly. He says, yeah, but it's also about the inner man. It's about what you think. Okay? And then Jesus comes and he manifests the glory of God where? In the flesh. Hebrews says, a body you prepared for me. So he entered the body so that he could live under the law. Made of a woman. Made under the law. That's what John says. So, he now does something different because Romans 8 and verse 2 says there's another law. And that's the law of the spirit of life. Where is that law? Or where is that life? Where is that spirit? It's the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. So what happens when we get born again is we become spiritual. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says you're now a new creature. You're now a spirit man. Okay? So you become a spirit man like your father. Because God is spirit. I'm having this conversation with someone who has a very different background than what I do in terms of sangomas and witchcraft and curses. And, and I, I've, I've realized that this person has a very different understanding, much more real, if you will, about the spiritual realm. But also much more fearful. And what I had to tell him, I says, God is a spirit. So you can't do away with the spiritual, but you can do away with the evil. Because as soon as the light shines, the darkness leaves. But God is a spirit, so he's going to shine brightly in the spiritual. Okay, you get that. So now what do we become? We become spiritual, sons and daughters of God. 2 Corinthians 6 and verse 18 says, And I'll be a father unto you, and you will be my sons and daughters. There's a law in Genesis that says everything produces after its kind. Ever, anyone ever heard of that? Okay, it, hasn't, it hasn't changed. So if God is a spirit and we are sons and daughters of God, what are we? Spiritual. Come now. The coffee not strong enough this morning. We are spiritual. So uh, one way to, to explain it as well is so we have a, a caterpillar that is two-dimensional. So let's use that metaphor, and we're saying that is the, 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 the first Adam. Two dimensions, body and soul. And now that caterpillar gets born again, and now a dimension is added. That caterpillar is now a butterfly. Like we were um, soul and body, we get born again, now we are spirit, soul and body. So we operate now on a different level. Jesus prays in John 17 and he says, I pray for them who will be in this world, but they're not of this world. They're not flesh and blood. And the word even says flesh and blood will not understand us because they cannot because they're not spiritual. You see, this really helps us because now we have the spirit of adoption and we have to realize it's not a feeling. It's not a goosebump. It's an identity. It's your new passport. It is who you are. You are a spirit person, a spirit being. You're a new creation. The old things have passed away. Now I want to ask you this morning, have you ever seen an airplane stop at a red light? Is it, is it evil to stop at a red light or is it good? It's good. Why don't they? Because they don't operate on that realm. They've elevated. You're a spirit man, so the law of sin and death is no longer for you. The law of sin and death is for the person who needs to realize that this body is going to die and the soul with it if I do not get born again into the spiritual realm. But when I get born again into the spiritual realm, then the promise in Galatians says that which was promised 430 years later 
That is the law of Moses. You know why it came? I read Exodus, the, 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 I'm going through it. God wanted a, a nation. He wanted a people. He wanted them priests and kings. Priests and kings. Not priests and kings. We read it in, in, in Peter. It says, you are a peculiar people. You are a royal priesthood. We see it in Revelation. It's nothing new. It's been God's plan. It's been God's dream since the beginning. How do we do that? Isn't God a spirit? Isn't He a minister? Isn't He a king? He is a spiritual priestly king. Jesus is our high priest according to which order? Melchizedek, not Levi, not Aaron. Different sermon, different day. Come back for more. Melchizedek was what? A priestly king. So Jesus restores what was promised. Why was the law given? Because the Israelites wanted it. They wanted priests. Why was Saul king? Was it God's plan? No. But the Israelites wanted a king. So God said, are you sure? You're going to pay taxes. He's going to send your, your sons and your, your daughters to war. Are you really? No, we're sure. We want to be like our neighbors. We want to be like people. We don't want to be like kings and priests. So in the same vein, God gives us what we want, even if it's not good for us. He says, blessing and cursing, life and death, I put in front of you. The law of sin and death I put in front of you. Or the law of the spirit of life. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Or the tree of life. A religious spirit or grace, Jesus. You see, it's nothing, it's nothing new. The human condition is still what it is. It is people wanting to solve the, the problems. But we don't realize the problems are much bigger. Because it's spiritual. Jesus says, I've come to heal the sick. Yes, he can heal the body. But he spoke of a spiritual condition. Yes, I want to raise the dead. But I want to raise you eternally. Yes, we can raise the dead here. I've tried. I haven't done it yet. But we'll keep on trying. You can come try with me next time that I get a, a phone call like that. But that's not the greatest miracle. The greater work is the spiritual birth. And that's what Jesus prophesied. You will do greater works because you will not just raise people from the dead here. You will raise them from the dead eternally. You will cause them to be spiritually birthed so that they can actually live forever. How are you going to do that? Well, I need to go away first. Why do you need to go away, Jesus? Because you should stop thinking flesh and blood. That's why. Because in 2 Corinthians 5 it says, We consider no man according to the flesh. Yes, we considered even Jesus Christ according to the flesh. But we do no more. You see, we need to, to, to renew our minds. Romans 12 says this. We need to renew our minds to the spiritual. Instagram is not going to help us do that. YouTube is probably not going to help us do that. The Word is going to help us do that. We need to get our noses into the Word. We need to be more comfortable in the spiritual realities of this, um, this, these promises of this book than in the world out here. Because we, we need to know that we are not orphans. We've been born from above. I don't like the word born again. Yes, you had a second birth, but it's not the same as the first. I mean, even Nicodemus didn't understand it. He said to Jesus, So do I need to go back into my mother? Like, no, Nicodemus, don't you know? You are the teacher of teachers, the teacher of Israel. These things have been promised long ago. That's why Jesus, he wasn't trying to ridicule Nicodemus. 
He was saying, this is what the Bible that you're reading, this is what the Torah, this is what it's all about. It's the promise from the foundation of the earth. So, what is the comforter? It's the Holy Ghost. It's the Parakletos. It's the Spirit of God. The Father will send Him. So, John 16, we're jumping forward. John 16 and verse 7. He says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. Funny how Jesus have, says that. Huh? <laughs> I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. But what I am going to tell you now, it is the truth. He is not saying that He is not lying. Okay, What He is saying in context is He is saying that what I am going to tell you now really works. That is what He is saying. He is saying, I am telling you something that is going to work for you. If you hear it, if you believe it, and if you, if you obey, if you do it. So what is it that is going to be, what, what's going to work? It says it is expedient, it is to your advantage for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the comforter, the parakletos, will not come. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will reprove the world, he will convict the world of three things. I want to challenge a picture in your mind. Maybe you have challenged it before and you, you don't have that picture anymore. But you don't have an angel on one shoulder and a guy with a three-pitch fork that looks like a chip and dip fork on, 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 the other, on the other side. Okay? The Spirit is not on your shoulder. Firstly, He's inside. But the Holy Spirit convicts. Yes, you have the Holy Spirit convicts of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment, brother. Okay, just read on. Just calm down, sit down, read on. Yes, amen, you're right, but of what? Then Jesus explains it. So he says, of sin, because they believe not on me. The only sin, say only. The only sin that the Holy Spirit convicts of is the sin of unbelief. The rest is your conscience. And the more you live in step with the Spirit, the, more, the less your conscience will be seared and the more you will be convicted. And the more you will be able to change because you can now adhere or obey that conviction and you can repent means you can change your thinking. So that's true repentance. True repentance is not confession. Okay? In heaven, there is not a confession booth. But there is a dance floor. Because the word says every time someone comes to Christ, everyone a lost son is coming back, there is a party in heaven. So the Lord of the dance... Guess where he got his ideas? Of sin, because they believe not on me. Of righteousness. That's the one I get excited about. What righteousness? The Holy Spirit convicts you of righteousness. Who? Because I'm no longer here. Why are we righteous? Because Jesus is no longer here. It means in that sentence that he was here. But he is no longer here. But when he was here, he did something. And what he did is, he made righteousness freely available to all. But he was now ascended so that he can pour out the Spirit. 2 Corinthians 5, 17-21 says that at the end there, that he who knew no sin, became what? Sin. So that we could become what? The righteousness of whom? God. Not just the righteousness of the best priest or the most holy man or the grootste christen, what you know. What is a groot christen anyway? There's nothing like that. There's a spiritual Christian or there's an unbeliever. That's all. What you do with what you have 
determines, is dependent on what you know that you've got. Was that good English? I think so. <laughs> now I want to try and repeat that. What you do with what you've got depends on what you know that you have. It's not the, 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 the Groot Christen just knows more of what he's got. And hopefully uses it more. He doesn't have more. Anyone with me? We have the Spirit. We have the Spirit of promise. We have the gift of the Spirit. We have the fulfillment. We have the Spirit of the Christ and we have it in the same measure. He's given to each the measure, not a measure. If this is 500 mils, I got 500 mils. Jock got 500 mils. Christy's got 500 mils. All of us have got 500 mils. What you do with that? Because Colossians 2 says you've got the fullness. So it's not 500 mils, then you've got the fullness. It says that everything that was God or in God or that God has was in Christ and you are now complete in Christ. Your righteousness is complete. Your forgiveness is complete. Your justification is complete. Your sanctification is complete. Your, your, your spirit is complete. Your sonship is complete. Because he's saying the Spirit, the Spirit of Christ, the Spirit of the Son of God, because he did not want to leave us fatherless. Jesus says, I won't leave you fatherless, but I will come to you. I won't leave you fatherless, but I will send the Spirit unto you. You see, the Spirit is the Spirit of adoption, and we're going to get there hopefully. Because of righteousness. Then verse 11 of judgment. Yes, there you go, Peter. Now we're talking. Yes, because the prince of this world is judged. When is he judged? Go read John 12. It says, now is the prince of this world judged. When is now? The cross. So the fact that the Holy Spirit is here is a promise fulfillment. It is a reminder that the, 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 um, the prince of this world, the enemy, the deceiver, is judged. Because if he wasn't judged, then the Spirit could not be poured out. You see, that's why praying in tongues is such a miracle. Because it reminds you of all these things. The fact that I have the Spirit means that, this, that the evil one is judged. The fact that I have the Spirit means that I'm righteous. The fact that I have the Spirit means that I'm not an unbeliever. Therefore, not a sinner. Ooh, now we're preaching. Because what's your definition of sinner? Go read Romans 3 and Romans 5 and then we we'll speak again. Verse 13, how be it when he, who is he, the spirit of truth is come, he will guide you into all truth. Better translation there is he will guide you into the full new reality of your Christianity. The word truth there is reality. Because he's not going to be more truth, he's going to show you more of who you are. And what's the true reality? It is spiritual. So therefore you need a spirit to convict you, to convince you, to teach you, to train you of your new spiritual condition, your new spiritual reality. And now when we realize that we're not praying for heaven to come down, we realize that we're in heaven according to Ephesians 2 verse 6, and we're speaking to earth as if we're in heaven, as if we're the sons of God, as if we've got power, priestly, royal power, authority, dominion. Romans 5 and 17 says that we will reign in this life. Where? This life, yeah. Why? Because we see today. You see things change around at the cross. Before the cross we pray, Lord, Lord, please let it be on earth as it is in heaven. 
Now we're in heaven and say, let it be on earth as it is in heaven. Because we are seated where? At the right hand of the Father. Who sits there? Sons. Priests. Princes. Royalty. People in authority. The Spirit will come. He will not speak of Himself. But whatsoever He shall hear, that shall He speak. And He will show you things to come. What does the Spirit speak? What He hears. What does He hear? Thank you for asking. Galatians 4. Verse 4 says, But when the fullness of time has come, God sent forth His Son, made of a woman, made under the law. Whose Son? God's Son. Where was she made? In the belly of a woman. But it's God's Son. We get our identity from our Father. Re to redeem them that were under the law. Mm. Why? Because he, was, he had enough of the law. The law was just in the way. Read the verse. That we might receive. Not earn. Receive. What? Adoption. As what? Sons. That we might get our father's identity. Our father's inheritance. That we might operate according to our father's authority. The law was just in the way. Galatians 3 is just before Galatians 4. Did you realize? So Galatians 3 and verse 13 says there was a curse, but Jesus dealt with the curse. And then we say, hallelujah, amen, thank you, Jesus. But read verse 14, because it says the curse was redeemed so that the promise to Abraham might be fulfilled, which is the outpouring of the Spirit. He continues that train of thought here and he says, to redeem those who are under the law, to deal with the curse. Why? So that we might receive the adoption of sons. How do we receive the adoption of sons if we read just the previous chapter? By the receiving of the Spirit. So therefore it is the Spirit of adoption. And now verse 6 says, And because you are sons, Oh, this is so beautiful. God sends forth what? He sends forth the Spirit. What Spirit? The Holy Spirit. Yes, it's the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit, who's that? He sends forth the Spirit of His Son. Have you ever read it like that? You see, Jesus says, you can do what I do. Or what I did. Why? Because you're going to get what I've got. You can do what I do, but you can do greater. Because you're going to get... What I've got. Spirit gives us power. Sonship gives us identity. Put the two together and we'll change the world. It's the spirit of His Son. Where is that? It's in your heart. It's who you are. If we cut away your legs and your arms and your ears and your nose, you are still... Son of God. Spirit of God. And what does He cry? What is, the, what is the first thing the Holy Spirit speaks to you? Daddy God. Abba Father. Do you know why? Let's, let, let, we need to ask why. 
in business, you ask why five times, you get to the root cause. If, if one, they'll charge you lots of money to do that. Just do it yourself and then don't pay them. You can thank me later. Why is the voice of the Spirit Abba Father? You look at movies, you, you read things. Last Saturday, I went to a foster father's uh, breakfast where 12 foster dads sat around the table and we all shared our stories. And lots of them were like that moment when he called me dad or when she called me papa. Or... And you know what? It's not because the father needs it. It's not that. I've realized it's not that. It's not because God needs to be reaffirmed in his identity as a father. I think God knows his father. Amen? Someone with me. The moment that you say, Father, it means that the penny has dropped in your heart that you're a son. And that's exactly the Holy Spirit's function. It's not to glorify God as Father. No, it is to convince and convict you that you're a son. That you're worthy. That that is your new identity. Because when you align to that identity, to that position, then you receive all that the Father has got for you. And how do you do that? When the Spirit of His Son comes into your life. Now just before, the Word says, the Spirit will only say what He hears. Okay? Stick with me. What does the Spirit say? Abba, Father. That means that is what He's heard. Whose Spirit is this? The Spirit of His Son. So you see how the Spirit echoes the identity that Christ has aligned Himself with. He doesn't say to you, Father, He, see, he says what He's heard. Where did He hear it? From Christ. Now He says it to you, and it means that now echoes in your heart that just like Jesus was a Son, you are now Son. Now, we live in a world, I know, where, where women and men, and it's all demakar, and everyone wants to be equal. And, and we, we, we are all equal, but not in the way the world wants to do it. Because we're not equal in the body, but we are 100% equal in the spirit. Because you just read on in Galatians, and it says there's no longer male nor female. There's no longer slave nor free. There's no longer Jew nor Gentile because we are all one in Christ Jesus. We are all spiritual. So we don't go and change the word son there to sons and daughters. We are going to miss out on the identity, on the intent of the Spirit. So ladies, in the Spirit you are sons. It doesn't diminish your role as a woman. It actually it enhances it. Because if you read in Genesis, God says, I made them. And then later on, I made them male and female. Because now, together, we glorify God more than we could ever do by ourselves. Because if we don't have male and female, then we stop reproducing. I know there's a lot of synthetic stuff going on in the world, but if we boil down to, you still need a seed and an egg, okay? Like, you don't need to go into biology too far. But in the spirit... You see, if we fight that fight on earth, we are fighting on a lower level. Because it's not our fight. Gender equality is not our fight. Spiritual reality, that is our fight. 
Because if you know that you're a son of God, it doesn't matter whether you're male or female, you're going to live as a priest, as a king, and you're going to live in authority. And you're going to have, help us change this world, aren't you? And you're going to share with some people, hey, guess what? God loves you. God sent His Son. God wants you. He has reconciled. Now the ministry of reconciliation hopefully becomes much more in your mind. Because now you are inviting people back to their father's home. If you watch a movie and you see this restoration of a child that comes, to, comes home or the father that comes back, or you see that moment, and that always gets me, is when this child can just be a son, or when a child can just be a child. He doesn't have to worry about the provision, about the leaking tap, about the toilet that needs to, about the toilet paper that's finished, about who's going to eat what. For that moment, that child falls into his dad's arms and he's just a child. 1 Corinthians 13 speaks about love. The Passion says, love is a safe place of shelter. That is what the Spirit wants to convey to you this morning. In God, you can be a son. By God's side, under His roof, you have a safe place of shelter. With God, in the world we need to adult. Okay. I realized I'm now there where I can no longer celebrate Youth Day. Okay, that was quite a revelation for me this week. Officially, I am no longer part of the youth of this country. So we have to adult, we have to mature, and as Christians, believers, we need, to, we need to grow up. But if you want to become a father to nations and to people, how are you going to be the best father? Only if you become the best imitator of the greatest father. And the only way that you can imitate the greatest father is if you become a son. You see, it's the upside-down kingdom. The more you're going to spend time in the secret place of the Most High, the more you're going to live brave out there. The more you're going to sit at the feet of Jesus, according to Acts 4 and verse 13, the more the world will realize that this guy is not learned, he's ignorant, and he's maybe just normal or even abnormal. But guess what? They were amazed at their boldness. And they've realized, the, the Passion says, what the effect of simply spending time with Jesus had on them. Do you think that there was a time, it wasn't all the time obviously, but there was times where the, the, the disciples really felt safe with Jesus? I think right after He calmed the storm, not before obviously. And then for a moment they were like in that reality where, hey, we don't need to worry. We worried about feeding 5,000 and men and women and whatever. Maybe we don't need to worry. We can, they could just let their, their guard down. That's what the Spirit is inviting you into. Don't be anxious about a thing. But with prayer, with thankfulness, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in me. In this world you will have tribulation. But I have overcome the world. You know, when I'm at my father's house and the alarm goes off, I don't need to get up. He needs to get up. It's his house. On Friday morning, 
and half past five, Natasha and I woke up with a, I want to say a magnificent bang. We, it, was, it was insane. And it was a stormy night and there was lots of rain. And, but it's my house. I'm the father, I'm the man of the house. So I get up before you know it. And I, I run outside and I realized it wasn't someone, it was something. Okay? Because someone can't make that noise. And I'm standing there and your eyes are not yet there and it's raining. And, and I see oh, this, is this massive palm leaf that fell on our zinc stoop doll on the roof and made a massive racket. And you know what? Jordan will wake up from the smallest noise if you put the light switch off. But for some miraculous reason, those things... And Sunday mornings. Sunday mornings, he doesn't wake up. Just, just. All the other days, we get up because of him. On Sunday mornings, we need to wake him. He probably heard the same noise. But it wasn't his problem. Because he's a son in the house. And I'm the father of the house. So what I'm sharing with you this morning is the Spirit will help you not take away the noise of the world, but realize it's not your problem. The Holy Spirit wants to share with you, wants to convict you, convince you that you have a safe place of shelter. And Psalm 91, nothing new, says that under the secret place, of the Most High. You can let your guard down. You can breathe. Your shepherd, your king, your priest is taking you to still waters. He's taking you. He's leading you. He's some, some of us, he's forcing us, okay? Because we want to solve the world's problems by ourselves. He makes you lie down. I have to make Jordan lie down often because he doesn't know it's good for him to sleep. Okay? We are very similar in a sense. We want to serve God. We want to do things for God. We want to change the world. And God says, Hawkeye, take a breath. Receive. Breathe. See the waters. You know why it's still waters? So you can see a reflection. That you can see that you are like Him. The waters, a prophecy of the Spirit. So the Holy Spirit's function is to show you your true identity. What is the Holy Spirit better known as, or also known as? The Spirit of His Son. The Spirit of Adoption. And what does that Spirit say? Abba, Father. Abba, Father. Romans 8 and verse 9 explains this further and says, But you are not in the flesh. See where I get up, where I get these things I'm sharing with you. I get it in the Word at least. You are not in the flesh, but where? In the Spirit. When? If indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, the Spirit of the Son, the Spirit of adoption, he is not part of the Father. That's logic. It's easy to understand, but we complicate it. And Christ, if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin. Remember, we're coming 
from Romans 8 and verse 2 that says the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Now he's explaining it here. He says, And if Christ be in you, the body is dead or dying because of sin, but the spirit is life. Why? Because of righteousness. What did John 16 say? The Holy Spirit is going to convict you of righteousness. So that gives us life if we link the two verses. So you link John 16 with Romans 8 verse 10 and you see that life is found in righteousness and righteousness is only there because of the Spirit and so life is only found in the Spirit. So that means no one can get life through good works. Because that's not Zoe, that's not God's kind of life. God is a spirit, so his life is spiritual. Galatians 4 and verse 6, back to that, says, And so that we would know for sure that we are his true children, God released the spirit of sonship into our hearts, moving us to cry out intimately, My Father, you are my true Father. That's the, the Abba. Now, don't miss Abba. If we just translated it Father, the Holy Spirit said, no, 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 you're going to miss it. You can't leave Abba out of there. Okay? It's, it's, I don't know if you read your Bible, but there's not a lot of Aramaic or Greek words in the Bible. Most of them are translated, therefore we call it translations. Okay? You see, common sense is not always all that common, so sometimes we need to explain things. What is Abba? What is Papa? What is Dada? What is Daddy? What is that? Isn't that the first words that babies speak? Jordan can't say Father before probably another three years. Father. I mean, it's, you need teeth for that, don't you? Like, I sound like Star Wars now. But he says, Dada. So what we do as Christians is we want to grow into a place of sonship. Where the Holy Spirit says, whoa, 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 whoa. You're not going to mess this up. Your translation is not going to steal this from my people. You're going to leave Abba there. Because whether it's Abba or Dada or Appa or Papa or whatever you go in the world, there is something like that. Which is the first words. It can be mama as well, I know. I'm not, again, we're not dealing with gender equality today, please. I know it's June, but let's move on. Where do we start? That's the message. Your first words in the Spirit is not a massive prophecy about the future or the end times or about healing or a word of knowledge. Your first the first thing you need to hear the Holy Spirit say that you can reiterate is Abba, is Dada, is Father, is Papa. It is whatever you intimately call a father or a father figure. A blood relative, the one who changes your nappies. Let's be, let's be, let's be real. I said, if we want to be great fathers in this nation, if we want to be parents, we want to be leaders, we want to be wave makers, makers of change, we want to change eternities, we cannot start at the end. We have to start at the start. What is the start? In your spiritual journey. It is recognizing your place as a son. How is that? By confirming my position when I call him Abba. Jesus said, I only say 
what I hear the Father say. So for you to operate in any spiritual gift, you need to position yourself in the track of sonship. Because otherwise you will never hear the Father. You will hear something else. And then if you have a prophetic word that you utter over someone, they make, make very, very sure that that is what the Father says about that. Because the Spirit aligns 100% with the Father. And only say what you hear the Spirit say. Only say what you hear the Father say. And if we do, just think about the services we're going to have. If we flow in that gift. If I align ourselves into that identity. Where we say, I don't care what word you need from me, but you're a son of God. Let's start there. You have identity. You have a place. You have safety. You have a safe place of shelter. A place of comfort. A place where you can let down your God. A place where you don't have to be the adult. You see, God says, come spend time with me. And we think it's a work. If I now advertise... Come here and not be an adult for a day. Who's in? I'm in. I mean, I've heard the shocking thing where, 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 where big corporate leaders have a, a, um, a retreat, if you will, where you book yourself in, you put on a nappy, you get in a cot, and you just go for it. Why? Because the pressures of this world is too much. And it's nothing new. God knew it. That's why I said, come to me. Come be a son. Then you don't have to wet yourself. Come be a son. Come close. Come to, come to a place of shelter. In this world you will have many troubles. But take heart. Because you're not alone. You're not even of this world. You're in this world. The cares... The worries, the deceitfulness of riches, according to Mark 4, says, of this world. So ask yourself, how many of your current problems will go with you into eternity? There might be a few. They probably have names of loved ones. And we hope that they're going to go with us into eternity. But apart from that, I don't know of problems that's going to go with us into eternity. So what do we focus on? What is the distractions that we have? You're ready to conclude this. When, when Jesus says the spirit of adoption, the word orphanos there is the fatherless for, for the comforter. But adoption, if you go read the, 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 the lexicons, it says literally it's the placement of a son. Or the placement into sonship. Adoption, we again, in the modern era, we have a different view of what the, the, the Holy Spirit probably wanted to say. It's not adoption, ach shame, tomorrow, like, let's get someone home. No, it is a placement of sonship. It is a placing of authority. It is like a knighting, if you will. You are now a son of God. You now have the name whereby every demon in hell and outside of hell will flee. You now operate in the authority of the one who has all authority.
you are placed into that position. When? When you receive the spirit of adoption, which then could be translated, the spirit which positions you as a son. Your if we get 10% of what the Holy Spirit is conveying this morning, we'll be different. Let's go for more. I'm going to say it again. The Spirit convicts you, convinces you that you can call Him Father. Why? Because you first need to convince, He first needs to convince you that you're a son. But if you are a son, the word says, then heir, according to his riches and his authority and his name. What name? The name above all names. If you want to be an Oppenheimer or you want to be a Basson or you want to be whatever name you want to put there. You are adopted into the family of God. You and I are joint heirs with means Christ is going to share His inheritance with you. Think of that. He's going to share His inheritance with you. Why? Because you're just as much a son. 1 John 3 says, Beloved, and now are we the sons of God. Woo! Let the Holy Spirit... Close your eyes for a moment. Let's give the Holy Spirit an opportunity to do His work. What is His work? It is to cry in your heart that you have an Abba, a Dada, a Papa. I think in Korea it's Appa. You see, it's the same, it's the same thing. It is the first word that you should speak prophetically is to yourself. It is to say, Abba, Dada, Papa. I just feel the Spirit wants to, to really break into some hearts right now. It's not about your earthly father. That's not today's message. Not at all. It's not about you as a father. Not at all. It's about you as a son. It's the spirit that places you into the position of son of God. The spirit of adoption. The spirit of his son. You see, if we get that, we're not going anywhere. We're not trying to attain anything. We're not moving somewhere. There's no next level. There's no next level. Some people say next level, new devil. No. There's no next level. You are placed as a son of God. How do you know? The Spirit cries in your heart. You can call Him Dada. Papa. I don't know, what, I don't even know these things. I don't even know the word. I don't know where these verses are. It doesn't matter. Can you say the words, Abba? You don't even need teeth to say it. 
Can you say Papa? Can you say Dada? Can you say Daddy? If that is what you can say, then you can, then you've got it. Then you are placed. And now you are rooted and grounded in love. And now from that place we can grow up, and the word says we grow up in Him. And only once we grow up is there fruit. We don't need to start with the fruit. If you are fruity too soon, you're flaky. You want to be rooted. You want to be grounded in your identity as a son of God. Why? Because you have the Spirit of God. I have to end with this. Isaiah 56 verse 5 says, Even unto them will I give in my house and within my walls a place. Yo. This is the Old Testament prophecy of God's plan for us. Even to them will I give where? In my house. That's not the church. That's where God lives. This building is going to be a conference center tomorrow. So it's not here. And where? Within my walls. A place of safety. In my house. In my city. A place. A position. And a name. Better than that of sons and daughters. He says, better than what we can get on this earth. Better than Oppenheimer's or whatever. Better than royalty. I don't even know what the queen's surname is. We don't supposed to know apparently. But better than that. I will give them a name. An everlasting name. And that name shall not be cut off. You cannot outsin your position in Christ. You cannot undo your reborn again. Spiritual birth. Because then this verse is not true. I will give them an everlasting name. An everlasting position. An everlasting identity. Everlasting authority. Everlasting power. Everlasting forgiveness. Everlasting spirit. Which will not be cut off. You see, fathering is not something that shows up when Jesus arrives. This has been God's dream all along. I want you in my house. In my garden. In my city. The new Jerusalem. I want to be your father. He doesn't even want to be your king. He wants us to be the kings and priests. That's why he said to the Israelites, I am your king, but I'm more than your king. Don't limit me to kingship. Don't limit me to priests. Don't limit me to religion. Because I am Father. There is provision. Therein is protection. Therein is love. Therein is forgiveness. Therein is authority. Therein is identity. We can go on. The list never stops. A little baby who looks at his dad and says, Abba, Dada. He doesn't care who the king of the country is. But he's got one hero. And it's his father.
You don't need big positions in this world to make a difference. But we all have spiritual sons and daughters. Some of us have biological sons and daughters. How do you love them best? How do you go out from here and be the greatest example you can ever be? You position yourself in line with the Spirit of God who has placed you as a son with a new name, a new identity, and a new authority. And in that place you realize that the mistakes that you've made in the past is no longer held against you. Even what you see, maybe there's brokenness because of what you've done, because of your decisions, all things are new in the spirit realm. Behold, 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Look, see, convince yourself that you are not held to your previous mistakes. You are not held to the current state even of your children. When God looks at you, He sees a son. He sees His Spirit at home. Think about that. Where is His Spirit at home? In you. Genesis 1, the Spirit is hovering. The Spirit doesn't have a home. Because why? The earth was void, it was empty, it was without form. The Spirit was looking for a home. So on day six, God creates a home for His Spirit. Day one, two, three, four, five, He creates a home for, we, for, for His home. He creates a home for us. On day six, He creates His home, which is us. And on day seven, He rests. Because He's found His home. They messed it up, we can't. Because it's no longer according to the flesh or the soul. It's now the new spirit, spiritual law, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. We need to understand these things. We need to, to realize what these things mean. Spirit of adoption, spirit, Holy Spirit, spirit of sonship. Because this message is not a Father's Day message. This is an everyday message. This is a rest of your life message. This is a restoration. But more so, I pray that it is reconciliation between you and God first. And then maybe there's someone you need to contact, someone you need to forgive. But let's not make it about that today. Because if we want to be great fathers and mothers, we need to be great sons and daughters first. Otherwise, we're not going to imitate the right parent. And we might just mess it up. We'd love to hear from you. If you'd like to connect with us, or if you'd like us to pray with you, please contact us at info at gracelife.co. If you'd like to order more resources or discover more about us, you can visit our website at www.gracelife.co or find us on Twitter, Facebook and YouTube.